Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk you through the plot of each book. But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. Overall, just before we dive into like me talking about details, what did you think about the writing of this book? Um, I'm just wondering like how much like if you appreciated what the author did with it because we have had this ghostwriter before. You mean the perspective switching? Eh, just the way it was written overall. Uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't recall it standing out in any particular way, but I liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I did too. I was just wondering. It's it's Melinda Metz again who did uh Ooh, ah, 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 the sickness. Nice. Yeah, I I liked it. I don't know why I was finding myself having such trouble like really getting into the storyline but the writing itself i thought was pretty good i totally agree about the storyline um mm-hmm. i actually started reading this on friday and stopped about a quarter of the way through mm-hmm. and for like i had to do something else and i was just kind of sitting there like i'm not excited about this and i don't really know why yeah um i don't know if it was because like i I like the hork but I, I don't like them quite as much as some of the other kind of storylines. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just wasn't looking forward to the the mission at hand. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that might have been part of it. And then, like, I think I said this to you last week or whatever, or maybe earlier in the week when we were talking about it. Like, I don't really remember much about this story at all, except mm-hmm. for the very end. Yeah. So it's um, just kind of meh. Yeah, I agree. Like, the more I read these books, the more I don't feel necessarily comfortable classifying them as, like, not good or, like, this book wasn't as strong. Because yeah. even the books that aren't as strong have moments in them that are very poignant and powerful. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, rounds it out for me. But... That said, like, in the grand scheme of things, yes, there are books that I feel are not as good or as memorable, and this was probably one of them. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if it's also because we're coming off of that Tobias book that was, like, so intense. And then this one, you're like, oh, this is kind of safe after last time. (laughs) Sure. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, But I I didn't think it was bad at all. It just kind of... I don't know. Although I think some of the things that happened in this book, like, you know, early on in the events of this book, I started making predictions down the line. Yeah. Just thinking of like all of the twisted ways it could resolve. And it actually didn't go there. Like, I want to hear some of these predictions now. Okay. Just full spoiler. I thought um, Cassie and Eldrea were going to have much more of an issue. And Eldrea was going to do something unforgivable or 
you know, uh, try to stay within Cassie's body yeah. a, a little harder. Um, just because they kept, like, building that up in the beginning, especially with Axe. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of, like, wasn't a problem. It was a problem, like, once a little bit, but then it would it just faded into nothing, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it was more like the threat that it could happen than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I would have predicted that, too, because of just how many times they talk about, like, Ciro as well and like yeah. her being like oh you you gave the humans the morphing ability but like there's a lot that was kind of hinting towards that and then it never came <laughs> yeah yeah all right shall i get into the details let's do it this book opens with cassie telling us about yurks and the invasion we already know this it's a very very quick overview because what we really want to get to is this mission <laughs> The important, <laughs> the important shit we have to get to <laughs> is this. I wrote good old girl power mission. Oh my god! That's right. The dream team, Rachel and Cassie, are at it again. Oh. <laughs> so they're outside of this. Like, oh, what were you gonna say? Nothing. <laughs> Something about the Bechdel test. Oh, this does pass the Bechdel Wallace test. <laughs> yes. Oh wait. Do- Not. Yeah. This no, it does. Scene, I don't think, but. Well, well it starts to, because remember, Cassie was lying to Rachel about what they were getting. Right. So they're talking more about the dogs and everything. So it does immediately pass it back to Wallace, but then I don't know. <laughs> the intention of it is a little shady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, they're outside this house with, like, one light on in the upper left-hand corner of the house. And they're like, we gotta break in there and get inside. There's like a creepy shutter squealing. It's a real haunted house kind yeah, of a vibe that's for a no reason. Ass dwelling. It is a haunted ass dwelling. I, <laughs> it's weird, and I don't know why they made it haunted, but it is. Um, so Rachel starts morphing a cat, and Cassie follows by going to rat. And there's a funny moment here. Funny as in like, oh, weird. Where Cassie's like, I let her get a head start to make sure she was in control of that morph. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is not a good situation, probably. Yeah. But, okay. But yeah. that was a good call to let Rachel get a head start. Yeah, especially since we know Rachel sometimes has issues. Especially yeah. with cats for some reason. She's very bad with cats. <laughs> she's not a cat person. She's not. She's a, not a literal cat person. <laughs> Um, so Rachel scopes out this doggy door that leads into the house to ensure that they will not be met with a dog. She's like, nope, the smell is old. It's fine. So they head in. Rachel just goes through the doggy door, lets it slam in Cassie's face. Cassie gets upset about that because she's, I don't know, a wuss or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you be a little upset? <laughs> this is my life. I am constantly going through doors that are being shut on my face. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just tend to follow people that don't realize I'm behind them. And now I'm realizing that may be a me problem and not so much a them problem. Oh, I thought you meant you just follow people on the streets that don't know you're there. Which no, no, no. <laughs> it's like I'll be following Scott into the house and all of a sudden there's well, a door and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, no. So they, they go through this doggy door. It's all fine. They sneak upstairs, and right as they're about to, like, creep onto this room, there's a high-pitched scream. And then they realize, oh, wait, no, that's just the kettle. Because, again, it's a haunted house. (laughs) 
So they scramble to, like, hide from this person that's, like, exiting this room, and they're in the corner, and Cassie shuts her rat eyes really tight so they can't see them glittering in the reflection of the lights or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they scramble into this room that the person just vacated, and we find out that it's Cassie's math teacher. And this is the perfect time to go in there because they need to grab a paper that Cassie accidentally handed in. One might think that this is a paper with all of the secrets of the Animorphs and the Yerks and all of the things that could crush them all. But no, this is just a paper that has a heart drawn on it that says Cassie loves Jake and a stupid <laughs> Cupid. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. I, and then I should love this because it's so asinine and innocent, but also... Don't write that shit on your homework, you fool. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know if it was a spare piece of paper or her homework, but if it's legitimately her homework, then what are you going to do when your teacher doesn't have it? Like, just take the failing grade? Yeah. Like, no one cares if your teacher knows you love Jake. Yeah, everyone knows it, Cassie. Yeah, come on, you're the last one to realize it. (laughs) Um... Yeah, my last note here is Rachel doesn't at all say anything to Cassie about it, for sure. And that's a lie, she definitely does say a bunch <laughs> of shit to Cassie about it. It's awesome. Uh, this is uh, a good a good friend mission, though. This is a good scene for them to have. This is the perfect friend mission. This is, like, the type of dumb fucking mission they would have done, like, very early on. Yeah. I don't know if we've really had one of these for a while. Yeah. So. I agree. Getting back to the roots. Good. Be friends, damn it. Be friends. (laughs) I want to force you together and be friends. (laughs) No, I don't. It's okay if they're not. Just stop calling them your best friend if they're not. Don't fucking lie to me. (laughs) I see you. (laughs) I see see how you behave. I know your (laughs) secrets. Your actions don't (laughs) uphold your words. (laughs) I don't believe anything you just said to me. Wow. Anyway, so Cassie is flying home as an owl. She's clutching the paper in her talons. She's like, I can't fathom how I handed this in, and oh my god. And then she starts contemplating young love and and Jake and blah, blah, blah. This is all interrupted when she notices behind the barn, as she's approaching it, a long shadow of a horkbisher stalking around. And she gets this flash in her mind of, oh my god, my parents are being ripped to shreds in their bedroom right now, and... Then she's thinking about Jake and Rachel, and they're probably being forcibly taken, and and she has to, like, figure out what to do. So she wants to land and demorph, and she's like, I'm going to go wolf or polar bear or anything. And then she goes, what would Rachel do? And she's like, Rachel would attack immediately in whatever form she's in. So (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So she just lines up this horkbisher, dive towards him, and scratches at him. And she's about to blind him. And at the last possible second, she realizes it's Jerahami. And so she dodges left and, like, crumples onto the ground. And then she's like, nice day for a walk, I guess. And uh, (laughs) Jarrah doesn't, like, get sarcasm. So he's just like, Toby sent me to get the Animorphs. And um, Cassie's like, why did you? But, like, why are you here, though? Like, for what reason? And he's like, oh, because aliens have come to the valley and Cassie's like, oh my god, the Yerks have found the free horkbisher, blah, blah, blah. Like, she has a million of these scenarios running through her head. And then Jera is totally calm and answers, like, no, the Arn have come. And then Cassie's like, oh yeah, the Arn made the horkbisher. So, that's that conversation. 
It's a very fast-paced book. Why the fuck <laughs> would they just walk out in the middle of public eye? You silly hork What were you thinking? I have no idea. And she says something like, why are you so far away from the valley? You're not supposed to leave. And he's like, well, Toby told me to do it. So I guess we just do whatever the kids say now. Yeah, I take orders from my daughter. I mean, it's not the worst person to take orders from. I kind of feel like they should set up like a like a chi to go check on them like once a week or I don't know. like a telephone line. Yeah. I'm sure the chi could mock something up like in an emergency, here's yeah. like the bat phone or whatever. The bat <laughs> the bat signal. Yeah. Like something that like in an emergency they could use. Yeah. He's very lucky know. he wasn't spotted. Whatever. He is lucky he wasn't spotted. And I know Cassie's house is the most hidden out of all of them, and he could travel through the forest and all that jazz, but it's still a risk that they didn't need to take, necessarily. Yeah. Wait, has he been there before? Does he know where it is? The barn? Um... Good question. Uh, probably yes, from the book where they first uh, released him. Um, I want to say, this may be totally made up, but I want to say that he did go to the barn and they kept him there for a while where they were planning what to do to get his wife. I thought they were just in a cave. To- oh, whatever. I'm just, they might have just been in a cave. I'm I sniffing know. about for plot holes. Maybe there was, like, some other backstory that we totally missed out on where, like, they've definitely gone to Cassie's barn just to hang out. Maybe he ran into Axe in the woods and Axe pointed the way. Yeah. Maybe. This is all very plausible. This is all very (laughs) reaching. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but he made it there. Or maybe, like, they just gave him a map to the barn in case they needed to be reached and, like, you know... He followed it. I don't know. Or maybe Toby told him where to go, because she's magic. Yeah, Toby is pretty magical. In all ways. (laughs) Woo! Uh, Anyways, the following morning, the kids are flying out to the hork Valley, and it sounds like it's amazing weather-wise. Like, the picture they painted of the weather was just gorgeous. Like, you know, cool, crisp breeze, nice sun excellent i don't know why it just really stood out to me how nice this day sounded so you're so observant with the descriptors i don't i feel like i'm normally not but this this just like really like it just sounded like one of those amazing days where it's like just transitioning into fall and you walk outside and like the outside air is a perfect temperature a little like crisp chilly then the sun is on your face and you're like oh i am the most amazing temperature right now yeah that's what it sounded like i don't like in these books that we don't really get a sense of time of like how much time has passed since they got their morphing powers like what time of the school year it is yeah and they never really seem to have a summer break yeah 
Um, I don't think time even really ends up factoring into these books until we get towards the final arc and they can finally, like, I think it's supposed to add to the mystery of it. Oh. Like, you don't know who they are, where they are, when it is, and blah, blah, blah. And then once, like, the facade starts crumbling, it's like, then you kind of I gotcha. feel it out. But okay. it also feels pacing-wise, like, the first books, it would be like, well, today's Tuesday, and we want to do the mission Saturday. And now in these books, it's always like, we're going tonight, we're going now, we're going tomorrow. Like, yeah. now that, especially the, now that the cheek can cover for them, mm-hmm. it everything's moving much quicker than it was mm-hmm. before. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I keep stopping myself and thinking, like, how much time do I think has passed since they got their morphing powers? You How much I mean? time do you think has passed? Uh, I think at least a year at this point. But it's hard to know for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think I get the same sort of sense it's been at least a year. I would say. Yeah. But we'll Hopefully. never know. We will never find out. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyways, it's a perfect day. They're flying out to the Horkbusher Valley. Finally, they land in the Horkbusher Valley where they meet up with Toby, who tells them, we need your help. And Jake tries to say, like, you don't need our help. And Toby's like, no, I really think that whatever this Arn wants, we definitely at least need Axe to weigh in on this. So um, Toby leads them over to the Arn, and they all marvel at his exceptional weirdness and colors and morphology and all that crazy shit. Um, and the Arn, in return, tells them, you are biologically unremarkable. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bastard. <laughs> Pretty much. And Rachel's like, yeah, okay, thanks. Why don't you just get to the point? Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> the Arn introduces himself and says he is the last of his species. I never once wrote down his name in note-taking because it was too difficult for me. But it's like Quefenilgion or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't even think of a funny joke thing to call him, like LeBron. It, yeah, and it feels like it's totally a derivative of Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, we get it, you're green and bright and, like, you know, wings and blood, got it, okay, cool. So, just I just loved like it that. He to me. A <laughs> I'm starting to think that any alien race with, like, multiple arms or legs is just, like, a Skeksis. Or, I'm willing to buy into that. <laughs> or the, the obnoxious things from the Howler's book, which were also Skeksis. Oh, no, the Fran Drescher aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. It just makes me think of just, they all have Fran Drescher's face. And they're all just going like, <laughs> ah! And like big accordion necks, just Fran Drescher's head bobbing up and down as they like, Wah! Oh my god. Somebody photoshopped this. <laughs> After we read those books, I did go on YouTube and start watching clips of the nanny. Great. Just because I was like, I need to relive this for a moment. Perfect. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> Quetz- Anyways. Quetzalcoatl. Dude. Quetzalcoatl. I, I think that was pretty good. That's probably his name. Um, he's there, and he's here to give the hork a second chance on their homeworld. He says he has exactly 412 days left to live, and that's a biological fact. Uh, and then there's, you know, I, I guess it's cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
there's some debate amongst the Animorphs, like, well, what the fuck does he mean, and why is this happening? And Toby is like, ah, oh, we have to, like, you know, support the Horkvisher homeworld, blah, blah, blah. And Tobias ends up being the most protective one of the Horkvishers since he's the closest to them. So he's like, no, what do you really, like, what is your fucking intention for real with these Horkvisher? Mm-hmm. Um, and after a lot of arguments and questions back and forth, they find out from the Arn that what he wants to do is collect the DNA from the free Horkvisher and establish a colony on the Horkvisher homeworld. And Jake is, like, being very strategic about this. He's like, that would be great because that would take some of the heat off of us on Earth and some of the forces of the Yerks would have to go there to fight. And Cassie's like, Jake, this isn't your decision. This is the Horkvisher's decision. We're only here to advise. And Jake does have the decency to look slightly ashamed. Ha! Huh. Yeah, finally. Listen to your wife. <laughs> Uh, so that's when the Arn's like, also, there's another part of this plan. And the Animorphs are like, oh, what the fuck now? And he's like, we have a technology that basically takes the essence of somebody, their brainwaves, their memories, they're very, they're very beings. And uh, we put it in a little vial and it can live within another host for a period of time, <sighs> essentially bringing them back from the dead. And they have the essence of Aldrea. Yeah. So... That's fun. And they're like, if we can find a receptive host, somebody of similar mind and spirit, they can find out where all of the weapons that she and Dax stole from the Yerks and hid are. So finding these weapons would allow the Horkvisher colony they're establishing on the homeworld to be armed and to fight. And that, of course, means taking some heat off of Earth. And that would be awesome. And everybody's in agreement. The Horkvisher, because they're like, yes, this is our homeworld and we want to reestablish it. And the Animorphs, because of the whole war front thing. And uh, they're like, we need somebody strong and fierce and independent like Aldrea. And Rachel's like, I'll do it. But then has like the amount of shame she appropriately needs and does say it in like a self-mocking way. (laughs) So I appreciated that. Yes. And Marco's like... Marco this whole time is like, oh no, where will we find someone strong and fierce and independent? And then Rachel (laughs) says it, and he's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. So um, Toby also volunteers, and uh, she's like, I don't believe my body is worthy, but I would like to put myself forth as a host. Um, Axe now brings the fucking real shit to here, and he's like, so what if Aldrea decides she doesn't want to leave the host? How do we force her out? And the Arn says nothing to answer his question, but he does say Aldrea must decide to leave. So they figure it all out. <laughs> this isn't good. No. No. Um, but Toby's like, I trust my great-grandmother with my freedom. And Rachel's like, well, I'm still in. And they're like, yeah, of course you fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> Even Cassie's like, she wouldn't be Rachel if she wasn't in. I just... Uh, so... Just coming off of Rachel's last book, where she mm-hmm. kind of had that split personality made real, um, I just, I found it, I didn't really find it interesting that she volunteered, because it's Rachel, of course she volunteered, but I just wonder how she felt, really, in that moment. Yeah, I I agree with that, and it seems like sometimes she's putting on a front to be more <laughs> like mean Rachel than anything else. Yeah. Not like she wants, not that she aspires to be mean Rachel, but. Yeah. But she's mentioned before she has to appear brave because that's her thing. And yeah. Yeah. It's for the team. Exactly. 
So it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's really it is weird seeing some of the things she does after that book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yes. Uh, da, da, da. so um, after this weird moment where Axe is like, "How do we get her out of the host body if need be?" Toby kind of gets pissed at Axe, and she's like, you know, you shouldn't be worried about my great-grandmother relinquishing control. You're, basically, you're just being a racist. And, <laughs> like, that's what she kind of I implies. Mean, it's kind of true, though. It is kind of true, though. But also, Axe replies he's just asking a logical question. And is it racist? Like, okay, I don't know how to feel because I respect Aldrea being a hork That is what she is. Yeah. But she has that Andalite intelligence that she still uses, and that is still her mind, and Axe kind of does know that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. And also, they are talking, it's not like somebody is talking about, like, oh, this person over there, you can't trust him. It's literally like, when they take over the body of my friend, how do we stop that? (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. There's layers to this. But, yeah, Axe is kind of being a little testy towards Horkbisher here. Um, And Toby goes, I don't mean to sound suspicious. And everybody's like, she totally does not sound like she means that comment at all. Like, she definitely wants to sound suspicious. And then Axe kind of, like, backs off a little and he says, you know, the Horkbizer do have a reason to mistrust the Andalites. I get it. Which I think was really big for him. Like, mm-hmm. Andalites don't acknowledge other people's feelings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's not totally true, but like, I thought that was a big moment for Axe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they start this process of getting a host body, and the Arn pulls out this green vial that looks like toxic waste, and then he starts this weird foot-stamping ceremony where he's calling the essence of Aldrea and chanting blah blah blah, and Cassie says as soon as he opens the vial, she started feeling a little odd. Like, it starts with, like, a burning in her nose, and then he, like puts something into the vial and it starts pulsing and she said her heartbeat started pulsing with the vial i wonder what's going to happen yeah it it very quickly we know this is what's going to happen but cassie has not caught up to us yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then the art adds something to the mixture that turns it scarlet and it reflects really oddly on rachel and toby like rachel's skin goes like really intense red and toby turns like black i loved that description yeah, it was, like, a very cool, like, witch cauldron kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> um, and that's about the time when Cassie stumbles forward, and the yarn, like, quickly switches from, like, who he's looking at and comes over to Cassie, and he he puts his hand on Cassie's head, and he goes, Aldrea has chosen a host. And um, Cassie's like, there's no way it could be me. Still, Cassie's like, no, it's not me. Um, and then the Arn asks if she will accept Aldrea, and Cassie says yes at the same time Jake yells, No! <laughs> you so. are the dragon warrior! Oh no! Uh, anyway. Chosen one! <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming! Uh, uh. Yeah. 
uh, Cassie at first feels nothing, and then she started to say, like, oh, no, it didn't work, but uh, she's interrupted because she feels a presence. And at first she's like, it's like someone was standing behind me or beside me, but if I turned my head, I couldn't see anyone. But if she felt, like, in her mind, she could feel this really intense wall in her head, and she could kind of sense on the other side that there was something or someone, but she couldn't get through at first. And people, like, at this time are all descending on her, like, asking her, like, did it work? Is she there? Blah, blah, blah. And Cassie just shushes them all. She's like, you have to let me focus. So she's trying to get through to Aldrea, and she only really, like, she can't thought speak to her at first. Like, I know she's not in Morph, but that's the best way to kind of describe how she's trying to talk to her. So she actually, like, says it out loud so everybody can hear Cassie's side of the conversation, but they can't any responses which makes this a bit of a weird scene um but yeah so the first contact that came back from aldrea was when cassie's like this is who i am and you're here because the arn wanted you and like as soon as aldrea hears the arn are there she starts like screaming like what the fuck what's with the arn being here there we hate the arn and Cassie screams back, oh my god, you're hurting me so badly because you're screaming in my head. And Cassie's yelling hurt Aldrea as much as Aldrea's yelling hurt Cassie. So that was, like, a really interesting, like, power dynamic. I yeah. don't know. I really liked that it. it was, like, an equal thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Cassie starts talking to her about other things because she's, like, trying to bring her out of her shell. And she's, like telling her about like what's going on and then finally once cassie mentions you have a great granddaughter aldreas kind of comes to and um aldrea wants to see her but she can't really see anything like she can't access the visual centers in cassie's mind so cassie's like okay you probably process sight differently than i do so let's try this experiment and she focuses on rachel's shirt which is bright red and she keeps telling aldrea it's red it's red just focus it's red and soon enough, Aldrea's like, ah, I see it. This is great. And then they immediately look at Toby. And Cassie feels this desire to press her forehead against Toby's forehead. And then she realizes, oh, this isn't my desire. This is Aldrea's desire. Um, so that kind of brings Aldrea to the forefront. And she asks, like, how does this happen? And what's going on? And Cassie starts to explain to her that the Ixala... And Aldrea goes, oh, what, that shit? I didn't believe that would work at all. I thought that was total bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it turns out it did work. <laughs> uh, and then once she puts together, like, what that means, like, the fact that she, it's not her as a person, it's her essence, and she's here in this weird land in another host body, she, like, Aldrea immediately gets, like, oh, no, like, I could, like, you know, I'm probably dead, and that means so-and-so is dead. I'm looking at my great-granddaughter. Probably some time has passed, and blah, blah, blah. It sends Aldrea spinning out of control because she's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? My world is totally different. Um, so we switch to Aldrea's perspective, and Aldrea's trying to figure out, like, what's happening to her. She's like, I didn't think that there was any way this would work, but here I am. And then she starts talking about Dax Ixla, and... Um, she manages to get that out. Like, there's a weird conversation thing that happens where she's, like, going through Cassie right now. So there's kind of a tele game of telephone going on. Um, so they ask about Dax, Ixla, and the Arn replies it was destroyed when the lab was. And Aldrea, this just adds to her sense of loss. And yet she has hope because her great-granddaughter is here. Um... <sighs> 
So when Toby is replying to some of the stuff that's going on, um, Aldrea realizes, like, oh, she's different. And so Aldrea goes, ask Toby if she's different. And, of course, Toby's like, yes, I am a seer. And then Aldrea, like, ends this chapter by saying, like, I have hope now. I hope to see Toby's child one day. And, like, that's the first flavor that you get that Aldrea may not be willing to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What were you thinking after this whole start of this double person thing? Uh, apprehensive. Yeah. Because I was starting to recall Aldrea's personality from Horkbajir Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And how, like, freaking like, Slytherin she was. Just kind of, like, willing to do whatever it takes and willing to, like, manipulate and everything. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really interesting um, with Cassie. Because Cassie's really good at kind of sensing that. And Cassie's yeah. already on alert because of what Axe said. So this is going to... Is gonna shake out to be very peculiar. Yeah, and it, just in that same kind of thread of conversation, what like when Aldrea chose Cassie? Did you think like, oh, this is because we're gonna learn about like Cassie's inner fierceness or something like that? Um, what did I write? Down? That's sort of like that was kind of like where I started to go with that because I was like. Oh, so we're going to... As I said, I didn't remember a lot of it until, like, the very end of the book I remembered. Yeah. Um, And I was like, oh, we're going to spend a lot of this time exploring how fierce and strong Cassie actually is, and that'll be cool. But that's not what happened. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I kind of thought it was just for, like, plot convenience sake. Because it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. Cassie's good at, like, talking people down, and Cassie's already had that experience with um, uh, Yerk's name. From before. Oh, uh, S. Nope, that's that's Fizzer that, Three. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I almost that too. That's why I was like, um. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember the Yerk's name S- at lion. all. Uh, oh, the that's lion. the lion. No. <laughs> um. Anyway, the Yerk from before. Yeah, the, the right the, good the the one that we'll remember partway through another sentence later in this book. Who is now a whale, which is awesome. Who is now a whale? Yeah, Bitch. she's anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was very aggressive. <laughs> I appreciated it. I'll be a whale. Yeah, I would like to be a whale as well. And that's my take on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to that, I thought um, this. I thought this was kind of like a meta continuation of like Cassie sharing experiences with other alien species, sort of. Yeah. Not necessarily. I I wasn't necessarily thinking, like, what this would mean within the confines of the book yet. But, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, she does always have the alien species, like, shared body thing. Yeah. And Rachel always has the weird morph thing, so. Yeah. There's, like, a trend happening. There is. And the boys just get utterly destroyed. Yeah, emotionally. emotionally. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Oh, man. Yikes. Well, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the Arn starts talking plans to take Cassie Aldrea back to the Horkbridger homeworld, and the Animorphs protest, mostly Tobias, and, like, there's, Tobias has this really good line here where um, 
the orange says something like, oh, we're going to take her back and like, and including the host body. And then he's like, wait, why won't you guys let me take her? And Tobias is like, well, mostly because you called her a host body. Oh, (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. It was really good. (laughs) Uh, So I appreciated that. Um, And then Aldrea tells Cassie at this point that she does not know where the weapons are because obviously they were hidden after the Ixala was taken. And Cassie does start repeating this response to the Arn, but Aldrea cuts it off and says, well, it doesn't matter whether or not I know where the weapons are because I'm not going to help you guys anyways. Um, And then this is when Aldrea goes, can I try to take over the vocal abilities? And Cassie agrees. And at first when Aldrea tries to speak, it comes out as like a pig noise as Cassie describes it. Um, And then it just comes out with like these really stunted words that sound like a kid trying to read a word that they're unfamiliar with. Um, And then finally Aldrea starts to like slowly speak and be able to put things together. And she tells the Arn basically fuck off. She's not going to do anything for him. Because uh, this will only end with Horkbizer killing other Horkbizer. Mm-hmm. And the Arn are only in it to save themselves because they're shady as fuck. Um, and then arguing ensues for a while where Toby insists, like, hey, we have to go. We have to save the Horkbizer. We have to save the home planet. And the Arn obviously wants him to go to fight. And Andrea's just like, no, I'm still not going to do this. Like, you, you're too young. You don't understand why this is so bad. And um, Toby is like, well, we, I still want to help. I still want to join this fight. And Aldrea, like, at that point says, like, something along the lines of, well, you know, that's what Dak thought, too. But towards the end, maybe you'll become more like him towards the end. So that's interesting. Yeah. And not true, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aldrea then turns her attention to Axe, and she warns Cassie about Andalite friends. Basically, don't trust them. And then she says to Axe directly, like, doesn't even wait for Cassie to respond, goes to Axe directly, and she's like, hey, I told Cassie not to trust you. <laughs> and Axe is like, well, okay. I mean, we all know about you, Aldrea. <laughs> like, yeah, he kind of throws some shade her way, and he's like, yeah, you're respected, but, like, also, you're, no, you're not great. Like, we all know that you're kind of fucked up, and you're the daughter of Ciro, so... You know, it's not great. Oh, God. Um, I like this tension a lot. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, there's definitely a level of, like, and I don't know if this comes into play later, but there's definitely a level of Axe not respecting her choice to become Horkbajir, which makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But, yeah. The tension is great. I like that he is kind of... He appears to be hostile on Cassie's behalf, but I think he's just hostile because he's mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's both. I think he he legitimately is concerned about Cassie hosting Andrea. I think that's, like, just something he's concerned about from a kind of, um, you know, team perspective. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to lose anybody. There's only six of them. He's said in previous books, like, it's critical to have as many people as they can but yeah, I agree. There's there's also that weird kind of Horkbizer racism coming through as well. I wonder if he would be as concerned if she had chosen Rachel. I feel like even if he was, he never would have said it because it was Rachel. Yeah, true. I don't know. Oh, I just... Yeah. Uh. Um, and at this point, this is probably why he wouldn't have said it. Rachel eases the tension with a joke. <laughs> 
Which is weird. It's really weird, but I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I I thought it was weird that Marco didn't break the tension, but I like that Rachel did it. Yeah, and the reason I believed that it came out in Rachel's voice is because it was a joke at the Andalite's expense. Like, Aldrea says, you don't know the Andalites, and Rachel goes, what do you mean? Like, dry and humorless and kind of, um, she doesn't say pompous, but another, a synonym of pompous. Arrogant, there we go, she calls him arrogant, and then Aldrea goes, okay, so you have met the Andalites then. (laughs) Oh no. So it's a pretty good joke, and I believed it was, like, in Rachel's voice simply because it was a mean joke instead of a nice joke, (laughs) which also could have come from Marco, to be fair. He does do mean jokes as well. Uh. And gross jokes. Because he's a gross And gross boy. jokes. And we hate the gross jokes so much. Be better, Marco. <laughs> Do better. This isn't the 90s anymore. Grow up. Yeah. 2019, uh, fool. Yeah. This is the problem with, like, taking these things out of a time capsule and revisiting them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, at this point, Axe warns Aldrea, like hey, you are dead, and you will have to leave Cassie's body eventually. And Aldrea just quickly throws up a wall between her and Cassie, so Cassie can't read anything that she's saying. Um, And then Cassie asks for her voice back, and Aldrea gives it back and says, okay, and Cassie's like, I would have felt better if she had have agreed to give me my voice back without the pause in front of it. Uh... Yeah, there's, like, a lot of, like, lead-up here, like, she's gonna steal Cassie's body for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, God. Again, spoilers, but she doesn't. But um, I think it would have been really interesting if she had tried and they could have made, like, a Yerk comparison. She did try, though. I there mean, is that moment. I mean, yeah, but, like, tried a little more, like, Yeah, if it had lasted more than, like, a throwaway sentence. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Because they kind of do that from Cassie's perspective. Well, we'll we'll just yeah. we'll keep going. Yeah. So for some weird fucking reason, they have Rachel briefing Aldrea on Cassie's ability instead of fucking Cassie. Yeah. I don't know, and I mean, I think it was probably because this was a plot because they had Rachel and Cassie walking with Aldrea through the woods, and they made a big show of sending everybody else off to go do something, and Cassie's sure that probably Axe and Tobias are behind in the woods, like, watching them and observing. And they're trying to see if Aldrea is going to do anything shifty. Yeah. You know, as far as I can tell. So Rachel's briefing her on, like, the strongest morph that Cassie has is the wolf. It's really fast, can run all night, great set of jaws. But, you know, it's nothing like my grizzly bear, African (laughs) elephant. And this eventually just spirals into, like, so why didn't you choose me? (laughs) I fucking love this. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, God, Rachel. So not subtle. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just happen to have, like, an African elephant that weighs, like, 14,000 pounds. I have this really awesome grizzly bear. Why the fuck didn't you choose me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I love Rachel. And then Aldrea's like, why would I have chosen you? Like, she just totally, like, why is she so worthy? Uh, <laughs> God. Um, but it I don't think Rachel ever gets her answer because Cassie and Aldrea then decide like to try and share the body functionality of communication. 
So Aldrea and Cassie both start talking, I guess to answer Rachel, but it just comes out as this like, bleh, like, cause no one can control the mouth at one time. It's great. Goes terribly wrong. Uh, they decide to try a morph after this, like after they kind of figure out the speech thing a little. Um, and so Cassie's like explaining to Aldrea how to morph and Aldrea's like, excuse you, <laughs> I, I have had the morphing technology for the longest out of almost anyone. So what the fuck? Um, and then Cassie's like, well, I've probably morphed way more than you, but whatever. I'm probably better at it. I'm probably better at it because I'm in a stream. You can't fuck with me. Doesn't matter. Aldrea starts to go to Wolf. Um, Cassie subconsciously blocks her and starts fighting her on this morph. And then Aldrea calls her out. And Cassie's like, okay, I'll do my best not to be a backseat person. So Aldrea's morphing to Wolf. She makes it there. And then she just starts running through the woods. Rachel apparently made it to Wolf as well and is following. Um, but Cassie's concerned because it looks like Aldrea is going to careen headfirst into a tree. And so Cassie tries to, like, fight her for control. And she is having problems taking over Aldrea, controlling the morph. And then they get into a little bit of a power struggle where Aldrea's like, well, why did you do that? And Cassie's like, well, you're going to crash into a tree. And Aldrea's like, unlikely. This morph's reflexes are great. And Cassie tries to go like, okay, yeah, probably when I was doing it, like, I was probably almost running into trees too, but I felt confident, so it was different, blah, blah, uh, And this is the first time that Cassie wonders if she was chosen because she was an easy victim. Because she was trying to take control over the body, and she couldn't even get the wolf's tail to do anything more than twitch. Yeah. So, that was dark. Yeah. <laughs> And then we cut to mm, the best chapter in the book. It is, Second though. Second best chapter. Oh, my it's God. It's so good. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. It's a joke chapter, but I love it so much. It's, it is. It's a total throwaway chapter, but it's so fucking good. So the kids are they're, they're meeting in the barn, as always. And Cassie is mostly sitting back and explaining to Aldrea, like, what the fuck is happening between the rest of the kids. <laughs> because Marco, Marco is harassing Eric. And he's like, listen, the chi that plays me, you have got to get him to ask out this girl, Holly, on a date. You know, the new girl, super hot, blah, blah, great. He's like, and if I'm not back in time for the date that this chi is asking her out on, you need to make sure she has a really fun time. Like, really fun. And Eric's like... Yeah, sure, the chi that plays you has a full-time job running a restaurant, but I'm sure he'll make a lot of time for your love life. And Marco's <laughs> like, awesome, sounds good, I'm glad we have a priority straight here. Oh my god. <laughs> it was so good. Then Rachel's like, oh, while we're making requests, I also would like my chi alter ego to be meaner to my sisters, because they're starting to expect me to be nice, and I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie's explaining all of this, like, joking to Aldrea and, like, so on. And Aldrea becomes really annoyed. And she's like, what the fuck? And Cassie's like, it's fine. They're just blowing off steam. And Aldrea's like, no, they're, they're being extremely childish. And Cassie goes, you know, we aren't much younger than you and Dak were when you started fighting the Yerks. And Aldrea <laughs> gets super pissy about this. <laughs> Aldrea, we're all dead inside. Just let us have this. Yeah, really. <sighs> Just let them have this. And the fact that Aldrea is a parent at this point. I don't know if she's already said that. Probably. She talks about being a mother all the time. 
She's a parent at the point that her Ixila was taken. So the fact that she can't look at these kids and say, like, yeah, they're being childish because they're fucking children is a little <laughs> distressing to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, whatever. Uh, and then Cassie gets concerned and asks a straight question. She's like, so, Eric, what if we die? And Eric's like, would you like to have the chi playing you to stay with your family? And Cassie's like, no, I, I don't think I'd want that. I wouldn't want my parents to think I'm alive if I was dead. And Eric goes, oh, good, very good, because I agree that you should not ignore death. Like, as somebody who's lived for forever, billions of years, I think death is a totally natural part of things, and you should stop ignoring it. What? And... Yeah, this conversation sends Eldrea into this total tailspin because it sends her back to thinking about how she's lost everybody. And this was probably the first time that they mentioned, like, for Eldrea, this happened today. Like, hours ago. Yeah. Um, then Eric's, like, gonna leave. He's like, all right, dead, we're all cool on the dead thing, great, we're in agreement. Anybody need anything else? And Marco's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a paper due... By the way, it is due tomorrow, and also it's on a historical figure. Can you take care of that for me? And Eric's like, no problem at all. I was the butler to Franklin D. Roosevelt. Is that, is that who, is that cool? I can do the paper on him? Oh my <laughs> god, he name drops again. Of course he does. Oh god. <laughs> oh. Did the Chi ever have just like a boring existence? Like, did they... They flock to people who ended up being historical figures. They had to. Because yeah. if you live for billions of years, you can't just live the same, like, go to work, nine to five, coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, going to work. Like, That's a good song. That, I, would, I would die. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you were singing it. It was great. <laughs> it, was, it was just my going to work thing, like. Everything's going the same. Go to work, okay. come and home, eat lean cuisine, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noodles again. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it would be so boring if you weren't like the hair cutter to whoever, or you worked as a slave for the pharaoh, or you're the butler to Franklin D. Roosevelt. Like, you know, was it Abraham Lincoln's hair he cut? Was that I who don't... it was? No, it was Catherine the Great. Oh my god, Eric. <laughs> Eric is such a name dropper. I love him. <laughs> I love how sassy he is in this scene. Me too. I really appreciate how much sassier he's getting as the series yeah, goes on. Yeah, he's like running out of fucks, kind of. Yeah. He kind of, and I think he's also just like... He's learned what Marco is like. Because I feel like at first, he like Marco would joke with him and he'd be like, oh, what? Why? Why did you say that? That was odd. And now he's kind of like, yeah, does not compute. And now his synapses are getting used to the, Aww, the Marco-isms. I love that. <laughs> so I think that's part of it. Because he definitely, like, I feel like name dropped in this particular scenario just to, like, stick it to Marco. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Ooh, so the team flies out to the Horkajur Valley to go meet with the Arn, and like nobody talked or bantered or anything, and Cassie and Eldrea were not communicating. And Jake didn't try to reach out to Cassie because he knew he couldn't say anything to her without Eldrea hearing, so it, it was a silent ride over there. 
Um, when they get there, they find the Arn waiting for them. There's some assembled hork to see them off and Toby. And Jake orders anyone who doesn't have a hork morph to get one now, to get with the program. And Cassie asks Jeremy if she can use his DNA. And he agrees. And when she puts her hand on his chest to absorb his DNA, there's this big wave of sadness from Aldrea. And Cassie realizes that, you know, she did lose everybody yesterday and or earlier that day or a few hours ago or whatever it was. Um, and this was probably reminding her of when she was with Dak. Aww. So, and there's this moment of like Cassie going like, wow, this is all history to me that happened like hundreds of years ago or I don't know, tens of years ago, whatever it was. But this is all brand new and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. We transition into the Arn giving a short speech to the hork about how he's going to save their planet and, you know, honor them and blah, blah, blah. And the hork don't really get what he's saying, but they kind of get the, the feeling of it. So they all start thumping their chest, yelling, free or die. And Cassie or Aldrea, we don't know who it was, they also joined in and, like, thumped their chest and started saying, free or die. And in this moment, Cassie goes, my feelings were identical to Aldrea's. So that's why they didn't know who it was. They just kind of got caught up in this moment. Aww. Yeah, that was hey. sweet. Mm-hmm. So they board the ship, the Animorphs, Toby, and the Arn, and things are immediately tense, even though Marco is making constant jokes. <laughs> and the first one is like, oh, sweet, there's a hot tub in here. Who wants to join me? Ladies. And the Arn looks over. <laughs> Ladies, who wants to jump on in? Um, and the Arn looks over, and he's, it's a yerk pool, and he's like, oh, shit, yeah, I should have gotten rid of that. My bad. <laughs> he's like, but I assure you it's empty, which isn't really that reassuring. I, I don't know. Um, Axe and Aldrea get into another fight, and they're going back and forth for a while before Jake finally speaks up, and he orders everybody to stop arguing. He's like, we are a team, and we are going to face this mission together. And Aldrea scoffs at him, and she's like, what, you think I'm going to take orders from you? And Jake is very serious, and he replies, yes, I do think you will take orders from me. And Aldrea's shocked by that, and she falls silent. And after a moment, she goes, I agree to follow you as if you are my prince. And there are varying reactions to this, because not a lot of people believe her fully, but... They don't say anything more about it. They just start their crazy journey towards the hork planet. Uh, we cut to a night where everybody is asleep. The ship atmosphere or whatever has changed to sleep mode. And Aldrea is standing in her tree home. And she and Dak are there. They have hidden this from the Yerks by completely taking all of it down out of their tree. Burying it in the ground, and then after the Yerks flew over and scouted out, they rebuilt right under their noses. So it's like an act of defiance that they are even there. Um, Aldrea walks up to Dak and kind of curls around him in a hug, and she tells him that she loves him. And Dak replied that Ciro was sleeping well these days. And Aldrea agrees. She's like, well, yeah, now that the Yerk ships have stopped flying over all the fucking time, it's a lot better. So then Aldrea goes over to Ciro, which, by the way, is the name of her small hork child. She is not, like, you know, with her dead father. Remember, she named the first kid after her dad, so. Um, and she's like, Ciro was too young to talk at this time, but he looked up at Aldrea, and then with perfect clarity says, the Yerks will take me. Ew. And Aldrea goes, no. And he replies, you will not save me, mother. Ew. And she just starts going, no, no, no. And then he goes, where is father? And Aldrea turns around, and Dak is gone. 
Aldrea starts getting Cassie and Axe mixed into her dreams. Like, Ciro turns into Cassie, and uh, she starts saying the word nightmare, nightmare. And then she sees Axe sneering at her and saying, as if you thought this could last. And eventually she gets jarred awake, and Aldrea realizes the reason Cassie was there is because Cassie's repeating, it's only a nightmare, it's only a nightmare, and telling Jake, like, she's having a nightmare, it's all cool. Three days later, they are still stuck on this small ship. They're still sharing a body. Cassie is tired of it. She's like, I don't even know how to pee in a hork toilet, but here I am peeing with another person in my head in a hork toilet. So, you know, covering the important shit in Animorphs. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Um, so, yeah, they're on this small ship, and Jake was talking to the Arn when they came out of Z-Space. And at some point during this conversation, Jake turns around to start addressing his team. And he's like, we have to be ready for anything. We don't know what's going to happen when we land. This is how it's going to go. And he starts, like, really getting into the leader role. And then Marco raises his hand like he's going to ask a question. And Jake's like, Marco? And Marco goes, um, yes. Do we have enough change for the tolls on the road to the Horkbridger homeworld? Hey. And Jake, like, hey, toll jokes. <laughs> And this, like, disarms Jake enough so that he came and sat down with them and just kind of, like, cracked up. Like, yeah, okay, I get it. I'm being the leader dickhead. Love it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I do, too. Mm. This lasts but a moment because all of a sudden, Shredder fire across the bow of their ship. And Cassie shot up and was at the controls before she knew what happened. And that's because Aldrea took over her body effortlessly and insanely fast creepy. so she's scared about that it's super creepy um axe ran over as well to the control panel and they both realize an andalite fighter is firing on their ship they argue about what to do but they couldn't communicate in the yurk controlled space so, like they can't hail the andalite to say like hey we're friendly we're also an andalite blah 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 because the yurks will pick that up and they also don't want to kill the guy well axe doesn't want to kill the guy Aww. yeah the Andalite starts heading right for their ship, lining up the shot, and Axe leaps over to where the Arn is, pulls him out of the chair where the control panel is, <laughs> and the Arn just kind of, like, rolled along with it. He was like, I don't know what to do. Throws him bodily <laughs> to the ground. That's basically what he did. He kind of, like, picked him up out of the chair and was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Threw him over his shoulder. <laughs> uh. Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Axe takes over these controls, and when the Andalite ship fires, Axe just slams the controls and sends the ship going sideways, and everybody does, like, a comedic, like, slam into the one wall over each other and, like, crushing each other, and Cassie gets, like, nicked in the arm by one of the blades from Toby, and, like, everybody's crushing everybody. It's great. (laughs) Uh, But... Axe wasn't fast enough. One of the engines was still hit. So he diverts all the power away from the rest of the ship, including the environmental controls, which is gravity. So everybody starts floating around in the ship, which just seems more fucking dangerous in this situation than anything yeah. else. But whatever. Uh, so he's he's like, okay, this is fine. We need all the power to the remaining engine to outmaneuver this guy. And the Andalite starts coming around really slowly because he was startled by that maneuver and he wants to make sure that he really lines up this shot. And someone asks Axe, like, oh, is this a good thing that he's coming in slow? And Axe like, no, 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 no. He's lining up this shot. He's going to fuck us up. And Jake says something about, like, Axe, can you shoot him? And Axe goes, no, I, I will not do this. I will not kill one of my own people like this who's just doing his job. So 
Jake turns to Eldrea and is like, will you? And she's like, let me at him. Yeah, she jumps in without hesitation and acts protest. He's like, no, no, you can't. He's just doing his job. He doesn't know that we're friendly. He thinks we're yerks. And Jake goes, well, that's fine, but this is my call to make. I hate that. Yeah, I hated that, too. And I didn't like so much about Jake making this call. But um, so Andrea hops up to the controls, straps herself in while the others are floating around like lunatics. And Axe speaks to Eldrea Cassie privately and says, if Cassie weren't my friend, my tailblade would be at your throat right now. And Cassie is watching Eldrea manage the ship. So she knows where Eldrea is like aiming for and looking. And Eldrea had been aiming straight at the cockpit. But once Axe gave her that warning, she just switched it to the side a little bit and targeted the engine and fired and the ship went spinning away. She, it was a dead hit on the engine. She did great. And everybody was, like, super happy. Like, yeah, you only hit the engine instead of killing an innocent dude. Ship goes spinning away. But all of this commotion has now attracted four Yerk ships. So they're like, great, we're home free. The Yerks think we're one of them. We can fly away, leave this Andalite fighter. And we look like real Yerks. We can make it through space unaccosted. But, um... This, like, they realize that that leaving this Andalite means that they are trading his life for theirs. So Marco's like, let's do this. Like, let's go. We're home free. And Jake goes, no, I don't think so. So they start this plan of, like, you know, we're going to take out the Yerk ships. We're going to fire with him. If there's two of us for four of them, we can probably, you know, get them because the element of surprise is on our side. And Tobias goes... Hey, if you start to drift behind the Andalite ship, then the Yerk fighters might not fire on him as early because they don't want to hit you. And also, if you angle up this shot, then the debris from the first fighter will take out the second one. And they're like, great. So they start to drift, in quotation marks, because they're not actually completely disabled. And they go behind this Andalite ship, and sure enough, the Andalite ship fires on one of the, the Yerk ships. They fire on the second one. The debris takes out the third one. They get the fourth ship. It's all great. And the final thing that happens here is that the Andalite starts limping off with the one engine, you know, so he's going super slow. And he does this, like, wind, wing dip thing to say thanks. Aww. Like, fighter talk between them all. Aww. So, yeah. I love that Jake didn't, that he turned it around. Oh, me too. I was so relieved. <sighs> Would have been really upset. I was upset for a moment. Like... I don't know. Not not remembering this book was really, like, made it intense for me uh-huh. to read some of this shit. Yeah. And a lot of it was just slogging through it. But, like, this moment was intense. So, I forgot that Axe threatened Aldrea and then she switched her target. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't like that she would have taken him out. Yeah. She's really... Ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah, that's a great word. <gasps> Um, but this is the moment where Jake earns Eldrea's respect because they watch the Andalite limp off and everybody's kind of like cheering and really excited. Like, yeah, we did it. And the Andalite didn't die. And like, this is great. And Jake goes, we just warned all of your space about our presence. We could land and we don't know what we're going to find if we're going to open the doors and like see all of these Yerks ready to take us and slaughter us. So he goes, you get five seconds of celebration and then we go back to business. So that's the moment where Eldrea's like 
kind of messaging Cassie privately in the background going like, I'm starting to really like your boyfriend. <laughs> messaging. <laughs> messaging, she sends her yeah. Text message. I aming in the background. Back channeling. <laughs> back channeling Cassie. God. Uh, and then this is the easiest chapter. The Arn takes the ship down. The security codes are accepted. No problem. They descend into the valley. They made it through whatever the final phase of the Yerk scan security was. It's all great. They start flying through the treetops. And Aldrea is immediately horrified. So much of her homeworld is now destroyed. And they're saying, like, you gotta remember, it's been a lot of time since you've died. Like, things will have changed but for Aldrea, of course, it all happened in the blink of an eye. Like, she was swinging through here yesterday, and all of these trees were, like, present and unscarred and all that sort of stuff. And she's just horrified at the destruction. Um, and then Cassie kind of, like, starts feeling weird, too, because she's feeling Aldrea reeling. And, like, Cassie is, like, trying to, f like, not feed into it, but Cassie's, like, reading all of it. So Aldrea's like, oh, God, I shouldn't have told her all of this emotional shit. So she closes herself off again. Cut back to Cassie's perspective. She feels the ship touch down gently, and she starts putting herself in Aldrea's shoes. Like, hey, if I landed on Earth and found it destroyed, how would I feel? Uh, that doesn't last long because the Arn opens the hatch, and they all, like, kind of go out and start exploring the Horcruiser homeworld. They notice it's, like, super bright compared to Earth. And, like, the sky is, like, literally glowing. It's fucking nuts. Uh, and then the Arn leads them to the edge of a cliff where they're like, what do you think we're going to do? Fly down? Which, by the way, is entirely possible for everybody but Toby. <laughs> so, I don't get what the offense was here. Yeah, jeez. But, you know, whatever. And then the Arn's like, no, it's cool. There's stairs. So they start going down this crazy steep set of stairs with no railing. And on the way down, they see this, like, roiling orange-yellow liquid at the bottom of the canyon. And somebody's like, what the fuck is that? And the Arn's like, that's the core of our planet. And I think it was Rachel that was, like, slightly concerned about, like, oh, God, we can see the core of the planet. And Axe is like, no, 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 it's totally fine. You do not have to worry about burning up in the magma because you would be dead long before you hit the magma. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Axe. Thanks for being really reassuring. Oh. Such a friend. Ugh. Such a good, good boy. Um, and, like, Cassie even mentions here, she's like, I think sometimes he hangs out with Marco too much, and he's he's picked up his twisted sense of humor. Oh, no. Oh, God. Corrupting my boy. Yeah. Yeah, they go on this miles-long journey, I assume, down these crazy steps with no railings, and then finally they reach the lab. So... We, we start jumping in time a little bit here. It's a little weird. But they, they decide the time is now. They're standing in the lab. They're like, okay, Aldrea, lead us to the weapon stash. And Aldrea starts thinking about, like, where it could possibly be hidden. But um, Cassie's sensing her insecurity. And she tries to tell the others. Which, by the way, they've already discussed this. Like, Cassie already knows that Aldrea doesn't know where the weapons are. It was mentioned, like very early on in their body sharing things. So I don't know if, like, Cassie forgot because of, like, the sort of insanity of, like, hosting a new person in her body or what. But, I um, thought I thought Eldrea had, like, in Eldrea's inner dialogue, she, she had mentioned she didn't know where the weapons were, but she, but there was no actual direct communication with Cassie about it. Mm, Am I misremembering? That could have been. 
Uh, I, I don't know. You might be right, and I might be wrong here, because I thought I remembered it as uh, Cassie started to tell them she didn't know, like, Aldrea didn't know where the weapons were hidden, but Aldrea interrupted her and said, it doesn't matter if I know where they are or not, because I'm not helping the Arn. And I thought that was a spoken thing, oh. but it could have not been. Like, I could be misremembering this I completely. Know. I thought it was already mentioned, so I thought this was weird. But if that makes more sense if it wasn't, because this is like a really big moment in the book. So it probably makes more sense that it was in Aldrea's internal dialogue, which is hard to differentiate for me because all of the dialogue is internal. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but yeah, that makes more sense. I'm going with what you said, that she did not say I'm going to double loud. check while you, while you summarize. Okay, I'll keep going. Probably. Okay, good. <laughs> so, uh, Aldrea is... Da, 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 where am I? Oh, here we go. Okay, so Cassie can sense Aldrea's insecurity, and she realizes Aldrea doesn't know where the weapons are, and she tries to tell the others, but Aldrea keeps seizing control of her body and stopping her from talking. So, twice she cuts Cassie off when she's trying to say, Aldrea doesn't know anything! And Cassie rails against her and says, Don't ever do that to me again. And Aldrea, sure enough, stands aside and lets Cassie tell them that Aldrea doesn't know where the weapons are. And Axe looks really triumphant in this moment. Jake has a very carefully held face. He doesn't look like anything. And Marco starts losing his shit, saying, like, we're here risking our lives. And there is a big difference risking your life for a maybe versus a definite. And Jake goes, it doesn't matter. We're doing this anyways. But Aldrea, you are going to be treated differently from here on out because you are mad at the Andalites, you are mad at the Arn, and you are refusing to treat humans as your allies. And Rachel reminds her at this point that she is going to be put back in the bottle at the end of all of this. It was like this moment of like, we're not going to treat you fairly anymore. We're not going to keep giving you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, and by the way, you also have to go back to being dead. So that was kind of rough. Uh, and then they just go ahead and start morphing Horkbisher because they have to go on this mission anyways. Except for Tobias, who's going to be the watch bird. Watch so. bird. Watch bird. Did you find it? Um, there's a moment where Aldrea says, could I find the weapons I hid? Yes, most likely. Um, but I don't think that's the place. And she, like, lies about it, but... That's not okay. what I was thinking it was. Hmm. I don't know. Unclear. <laughs> it is unclear. <laughs> it's unclear. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll just keep going and assume that it was... I, I would like to assume that it was internal dialogue, like what you read, and that this was the big moment, like the big reveal. Maybe. Because otherwise it's just like an inconsistency in the book and I'd rather not have that. Yes. And since we can choose our own adventures here, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, this is our <laughs> podcast. That's right. We can deny we whatever make it we up. want. That's right. <laughs> Unreliable narrators, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so they're all morphing to Horkbizer to go on this mission and Cassie's the one that's controlling the morph and she pulls out all of the fucking stops to impress Eldrea. She is controlling the sequence of the morphs. She does a super fucking cool thing where she morphs one blade at a time. So it's like literally coming out of here like shink, 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 shink and like so fucking cool. 
And Aldrea is also very impressed by this. It's not just me. Aldrea is like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> so she tells Cassie, she's like, this is the most amazing fucking thing I've ever seen. Also, I'm going to control the Horkwizard body to save time. Is that cool? Cassie's like, sure. And Aldrea takes off running for the trees. And it is not long before, like, the trunk of a giant tree comes up. And Aldrea just kind of launches at it and starts climbing and, like, getting crazy and... Aldrea is noting this whole time that Cassie is nervous about falling, but she's relatively comfortable in the trees. And there's this kind of, I, I don't want to say sweet, but almost like the two scientific minds of this, like Aldrea's scientific mind and Cassie's scientific mind kind of met and had this moment together mm-hmm. where Aldrea's like, oh, you're, that's right. You have 360 degree rotation of your shoulders and like, you know, opposable thumbs and stuff. She's like, are you guys, were, were you evolved from tree dwellers? And Cassie's like, oh yeah, totally. You know, our ancestors used to be in trees all the time. They're like, cool, great, this is awesome. Um, and then Aldrea starts leading him back towards where her home with Dak was. So Aldrea, after seeing Cassie's fucking sweet display of morphing, is like, I know how to impress you. She starts just doing this mad dash through the trees and grabbing branches and like jumping. And at one point she grabs a branch that seems to be too small and it's just like bowing down, 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 down. She's falling. Cassie's freaking the fuck out. And then this branch slingshots her back up. She goes flipping around and like just doing cool matrix moves basically <laughs> through the trees. It's pretty awesome. Uh, the others follow her and they're kind of mimicking most of her actions. They're more or less copying whatever it is that Aldrea is doing. And so Aldrea starts like looking back at everybody having this great time. And she focuses in on Toby who's laughing and running And Aldrea just out of nowhere goes, you know, she's all I have. And Cassie goes, well, no, you must have other family, you know, Andalite family or so on. And Aldrea goes, no, Toby is all that I have in this world. And everything else is oblivion. And that's when it hits Cassie. Like, Aldrea is alive. She's a person in some sense of the word. And she exists now as her own self. And to make her go back into that tube and be stored as just the Ixala would essentially be killing somebody. And so Cassie just starts focusing on this moral quandary again of can I basically kill somebody? Or can I take this away from them, this life that they have as weird as it is? Um, And while Cassie's lost in this moral quandary, Tobias then flies back in and says, hey, there's trouble ahead. Everybody keep your heads down. So Aldrea speeds up. Not one to keep her head down. And leaves the others behind. (laughs) She's desperately swinging from tree to tree knowing that when she gets there, or at least optimistically knowing that she would find her husband and her son exactly how she'd left them. She'd find her home, her tree, and she is hoping against hope she will find them there, logically knowing she won't. She hits the edge of the clearing where her home was and she realizes there should not be a clearing here. And so she stops and, like, looks at the devastation below her. The others catch up quickly, and they all look around this vast open space where there are trees just cut on the ground into this giant dam. And inside of this dam is the sludge that the yerk pools are made of. And Aldrea, with all of her knowledge of the yerk pools, and she mentions here that she did grow up, like, living on the yerk homeworld for a while with her dad... She's like, this has got to be the 
biggest yerk pool in all of existence. It's those giant fucking trees cut down and forced into a dam. Mm. So it's fucking crazy. Oh, man. So this is, like, really intense and jarring when you're reading. Like, this is the part that I was talking about remembering. Starting here. Okay. (laughs) So she calls Tobias over, and she's like, I can see this weird knot in one of the trees. Can you zoom in on this and, like, check it out, basically? (laughs) Enhance. Enhance. Well, she's like, I hear your eyes are better. And Tobias is like, my eyes are better than humans and hork I love, he just has to brag about it, like, once per (laughs) book, about how fucking awesome his morph is. I love him. Yes, he is very proud of his hawk eyes. I'm so glad he got stuck as a hawk and not as anything else, because he loves his hawk. He does. And I can't think of anything else that would be as good. Not one thing. Dog. But would it be as good as a hawk, though? Yeah. Like, I love dogs. I do. But I would rather be stuck as a hawk. Dog. <laughs> okay, you can be stuck as a dog. Okay. I'll be stuck as a hawk. We'll have a weird friendship thing that they can make movies of on yes. Hallmark Channel. Yes. Okay, perfect. We've done it. All We've right. created the next hit. <laughs> Kill it. So, Aldrea's like, check that knot in the tree. Tell me what it looks like. And she describes it to him, and she's like, oh, yeah, this is basically hork graffiti. This is a love letter. And in the middle of this, like, graffiti branch love letter thing are the Andalite letters A and D. And Andrea goes, yeah, the weapons will be in that tree. That's where we hid everything. And they accuse her of lying. They're like, no, you just want us to destroy this dam and cause chaos on the homeworld. And Andrea doesn't deny it. Like, she just says nothing. And then she, like, just goes ahead and delivers more bad news. She's like, well, you know, this tree will still be preserved because the entrance is sealed shut by all the water pressure. And when they're like, wait, what the fuck? She's like, yeah, the entrance is under the water line. Cool. So they hatch the best plan. It's the best. It is the fucking best plan. It reminded me of the Megamorphs plan. The first Megamorphs. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more badass. Yes. It's it's amazing. So the plan, of course, they're not going to give it all to us, right? Nope. All we get are snippets of Eldrea arguing with Cassie while she's flying up higher and higher and higher with everybody but Toby in her mouth. They're all morphed to fleas. So she's rising and rising and rising. And she gets to the point where the thermal gives out. And, like, the wind just kind of dissipates below her. And she goes, all right, this is it, boys and girls and other assorteds. This is as high as we can go. <laughs> and she makes, like, or tries to make a joke where she's like, anybody need anything? And Marco's like, yeah, could you get me a soda? And Jake, of course, is just like, worry about yourself. Keep your mouth closed. And Cassie's like, okay. Not in a sexist way. It's literally because they're <laughs> Women in are her better mouth. seen and not heard. <laughs> <laughs> My mind went there, too. I was like, okay. <laughs> the words came out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, fuck, that sounded bad. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Keep your mouth oh, no. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> Get me a soda and make me a sandwich. Oh, my God. No, they're in her mouth as fleas, I swear. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I feel bad for saying that now. <laughs> 
Okay, let's. This is just cool. Let's just get there because okay. this is fucking amazing. Happening. So. Aldrea is like, what you're doing is fucking impossible. And Cassie's like, no, it's not. Just trust me. Cassie starts morphing back to human midair. And Aldrea is like, no, 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 no. And Cassie's like, this will be fine. So she continues morphing except for her giant osprey wings, which she is letting grow out with her body for as, like, as big as they could possibly get. But the rest of her body is fully human. It's literally just a little girl with giant fucking osprey wings. And she's like, I can't fly and I can't even like control them really. I can only hold them out straight, which is acting as like a buoyant parachute for her. So she's falling slowly. As if that wasn't awesome enough. As if that was not awesome enough. We get to the next part of the plan where she starts going to whale. She starts growing and growing and her legs twisting together into a giant tail, still holding osprey wings that I can only assume are growing even larger with her body. Even though! So good, though. Three fucking morphs simultaneously. That's crazy. That's... It is insane and, like, so towing the line of what I think could actually happen. But I love it. So good. I love it so much. So when she's only hundreds of feet up and a giant whale osprey beast, that's when somebody finally notices her and they start firing on her. And they hit her tail. They leave a whole cinch in her tail. They hit her side and burn her, causing her this terrible oh. pain. Sorry, my <laughs> oh, I thought you were meeting me. I was like, <laughs> no, oh my sorry. God. <laughs> cat's yelling at me. Anyway. It happens. But yeah, so it hits her side, causing a searing pain. And that's when Aldrea tries to take over. She's like, fold your wings. It's time to fall. And Cassie goes, not yet. And Aldrea tries to forcibly take over her body and fold her wings. And Cassie fights her off to be able to control keeping her arms fully straight. She goes, not yet. It is not time. I love this. It was so good, right? Because in the beginning, Cassie couldn't take over Aldrea with the wolf morph, which is probably why that scene was in the book. And and now it's, it's, oh, it's come right? full circle. It's so intense. Yeah. It has. And it's, it's amazing. Like, in the moment of need, Cassie is able to completely shut her out and be like, no, this is how we have to do this. Ugh. Like, I love these moments when Cassie just shows this amazing inner strength. Yeah. I love this. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So Cassie fights her off and wins. And then finally they get to the point where Cassie's like, this is close enough. And she folds her wings and falls. The whale slams into the water and Cassie continues her morphing, which is basically only size at this point. Like she's covered up that she's a human because she doesn't want anybody to see that there. And her growing in size is causing like these eddies in the yerk pool that's like stirring everything up worse and like making everything more chaotic. And everybody that's in her mouth right now has already started demorphing. So Cassie fires off a burst of echolocation and asks Aldrea to, like, pay attention to this picture, let just let it come to you, and try to tell me where the entrance is. And Aldrea's kind of like, ooh, I, like, I can't really tell. I don't know. It, it's probably over there. Um, at this point, they then hear that there are taxing on the way. So Cassie's like, all right, let's put the first part of our plan into action. So she asks the people in her mouth if they're ready, and they're like, yeah. 
So she breaches out of the water, opens her mouth, and acts Tobias and Marco jump out. <laughs> it's, this is a little far-fetched, I, I admit. I was about to say. Like, humpback whales are yeah. big, but... But their throats are, like, no, like very small. They could not swallow a human. But I they mean, have that, like, swallow. sack in their, like... They do, that they, they can extend. Yeah, their so, sack mouth. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. How did the neck get, like, stuck in her bristles? Though? I don't know. She opened her mouth real big. Real big. Real big. <laughs> so, anyways, Axe and Tobias jump out as Andalites, and Marco is a hork And then Cassie takes a big, deep breath and dies again, and she relays to Jake that there are attacks on the way, and Jake's like, that's fine, we can smell them. And that's when Cassie opens her mouth again, and two sharks emerge. It is Jake and Rachel. There is a battle, to use that term very loosely, because it's really just a taxon slaughter. Like, Jake and Rachel make very short work of these taxons. They have nothing on a shark. Um, Nom, nom, nom. Yeah. So Cassie swims over to the side of this pool, like, on the tree that Eldrea indicated, and she starts to morph back to human. She keeps going to the surface, though, because she has to breathe. And Andrea's protesting, like, no, stay under the water. We can't be seen. We can't be seen. And Cassie goes, trust my friends. They're making a big enough distraction, and I have to breathe. Just let me do this. So Cassie makes it to back to herself with alarming speed. Like, Andrea is very impressed by how fast Cassie can morph. And Cassie takes a moment to take a breath and get ready. And then Aldrea realizes just how tired Cassie is after doing all this. And Aldrea, like, kind of pseudo-comforts her. She's like, well, at least you're alive. Cassie's like, yep, yep, I'm alive. And then Cassie starts to morph hork And Aldrea starts giving her tips, like, put, put a blade in the wood so you don't sink, blah, 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 hold yourself at the surface. Great, she does it. Um, X then calmly announces that they are likely to be overrun within seconds. And Marco goes, oh, he means hurry. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thanks, Marco. Thanks, Marco. <laughs> yeah. So Cassie gets to morph to hork and then says to Aldrea, take over. And Cassie just, like, is exhausted. She just, like, basically passes out in her mind. Um, Aldrea does a super fucking cool move where she goes underwater, she slows her heartbeat down, and she uses her blades to crawl quickly underwater to get to where the entrance is. Hmm. She she gets to where the seam is, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, oh god, they're gonna get infested by a yerk, this is insane, but I guess the chaos around them kind of kept that from happening. But whatever. So she gets to the seam in the tree. She slashes it with her blade, but she can't pull open where it is because of the water pressure. So Marco quickly climbs down after her. She tells him, like, slow your heartbeats down. Use your blades, blah, blah, blah. And between the two of them, they force it open. And the suction just takes, like, sucks them all into the middle of the tree where it's total darkness. Um, Aldrea then gives some sort of weird access credentials and tells the lights to come up, however that works. And it temporarily blinds them because the inside of this tree just lights up. And there's a ship in the middle of it. And they're like, this is amazing. Um, Aldrea gets them into the ship and Axe is like, how did you know the access code even though you died before it was set? And Aldrea's like, oh, it's just an algorithm of Ciro's birthday. I use it for everything. (laughs) (laughs) I use my same password for every site. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. 
Like, I read this and I was like, oh my god, security is so lax amongst the Andalites. <laughs> Get yourself a LastPass account, dang. <laughs> you gotta vary those passwords. Ugh. Is it uppercase, lowercase, number, symbol? Oh Not in that order. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks. Yeah. But whatever. She makes it into the ship. It's fine. Oh, So... They get everything going. They're like, how are we going to get out of here? And Aldrea's like, we're going to burn our way out. And they're like, we're going to burn the way out. Okay. And Axe goes, you realize that this will kill many yurks as it drains and breaks into the pool and the heat and everything. And Aldrea just goes, do you have any objections, Brother Andalite? And Axe responds, none, Sister Horkvisher. Yay! 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 Building bridges, friendships forever. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I I really liked that moment where he acknowledged that she was a Horkbizer and respected her, and it was a great moment together. Good. Yeah. All in Don't... this together. <laughs> That's the only part of the song I know. <laughs> I think there's like a one by one, one on one. I I got nothing. We're all in this, this together. together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they fire on the side of the tree and they have to burn their way out of there like they have to maintain a steady fire for a bit also marco makes a comment like wow you can like just plug this thing in and turn it on after years of disuse this is amazing your technology and both aldrea and axe at the same time were like andalite technology (laughs) well actually (laughs) I would say they well actually him, but they didn't even take the time to say well actually. They were both just like, get your shit straight, Marco. God, Marco. For real. God, Marco, you ass. The Romans stole everything from the Greeks, Marco. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it starts right up. Totally fine. So they fire their way out of the tree. Heldrea hits the burners on the ship, and they blast out of there as soon as the side kind of crumbles and water comes pouring in. And there's a little bit of, like, turbulence from hitting the water and getting out of there and blah, blah, blah. And Cassie is, like, exhausted and kind of in a torpor, but she still feels regret once she realizes that they have just killed hundreds, maybe thousands of yurks that were just swimming along. Um, Yeah. Aldrea tries to comfort her, and she's like... You're a hero. You made this all possible. I just watched you do this amazing, impossible thing that would make you a hero instantly among my people. Like, you should feel great about this. And Cassie just distinctly feels the burden of having taken so many Yerk lives. So, yeah. Cassie retreats, leaving Eldrea in control still. And Eldrea starts speaking with Axe, saying, like, you know, the humans are not happy. They're not celebrating. And Axe goes, no, in this way they have almost Andalite sensibilities. They do not enjoy the war, and they do not enjoy what they have to do to win the war. And Aldrea kind of goes, oh, that reminds me of the hork that never forgave themselves for learning how to fight and kill other hork And Axe and Aldrea agree that the mark of civilization must be detesting war. You and me, so, we're not so different. Yeah, that's, that's that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Aldrea and Axe then discuss Toby, and they're like, oh, she's is she going to lead the hork on this planet? And Aldrea has this realization. She's like, no, Toby has to return to Earth and be with her people. This is not Toby's place. Like, this is what Aldrea wanted for her, but it's not what Toby wants or what Toby should be doing. So Axe and Aldrea form this plan to have this really weird play show thing, and Cassie's overhearing all of it. Eventually, Cassie comes out of her stupor and she tells Aldrea that it was an honor to work with her and to fight with her. And um, then this conversation turns to them discussing why the Ixila turned to Cassie. And Aldrea goes, well, isn't it obvious? Like, somehow I must have known that I would be tempted to cling to life and to stay in this body. And so I had to choose the mind that would set me back on the path that I needed to take. Mm. And it's this like sweet moment kind of yeah it's kind of sweet um they all say their goodbyes between the three of them just between x and aldrea and cassie and then they start this weird fucking plan that made no sense that i didn't get (laughs) but basically what happens is then cassie yells jake aldrea is trying to take over my body and x puts his tail blade to cassie's throat there's some posturing some like play arguing and then aldrea leaves cassie's body And she finds her way back into the vial, and for a short time she remembers, and she remembers only Ciro and her husband, Dak, before fading into darkness. Uh, That was his book. mm. So the reason I was was making noises about the, um, about why Aldrich (laughs) chose Cassie is Uh because, like, I don't know, that's so, it seems so self-aware, I wasn't sure I was buying it. I feel like it... Like, how I read it was not that she was self-aware from, like, the Ixala or as a person, but, like, that it was by total chance or by something that Cassie did. And we all we know already that Cassie has that kind of, like, mythical ability to attract that sort of thing to her. So it's almost like whatever happened went to her. But then Aldrea is just such a, like, arrogant andalite at heart even though she's a hork but she still has that arrogance that she was like, I must have known that I would do this, oh, blah, okay, blah, okay. blah. Like, that's how I read that's, it. That's better, I think. And, like... It might, it might not be true, but that's how I read it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think the reason that she was drawn to Cassie was what she said. I think that's mm-hmm. just kind of a thing that they deduced after time. Like, an optimistic yeah. result. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was totally fucking random. <laughs> like, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was already, like, kind of weird enough when he was like, oh, we took the very essence of a person, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, maybe, but, like, the whole, like, we have to find the appropriate host body who's similar in spirit yeah. and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no. And it's like, why does it have to be female? They did say probably female. It could be a male. They did mention that. Yeah, but I just thought that was kind of a weird criteria, especially since like the whole, you know, idea about identity in this in this story was species. So yeah. like why wouldn't she have gone to Toby, you know? Like cause yeah. she would have been like, Oh, Horkbajir. Yep. Or what if she had taken over Axe? How fucking weird would that be? That would have been? been really weird. Oh, that would have been a cool book, actually. <laughs> now that I've said it, I want it. <laughs> oh, man. They could have had that whole Andalite struggle in their own head 
It would have been really cool. And they would have been forced to get along. Yeah, they would have been. I mean, the only bummer is we never would have gotten the end sequence from Cassie's perspective where she's going from Osprey to kid to whale. That was so fucking cool. It was so cool. That's I love that sequence. That's like so five much. star material for me. Yeah. Right Would you like to jump into <laughs> character ratings sure. right away? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you want to start with Cassie? Normally we end on our main character, but we can just start here since we've already started this conversation. Okay, whatever. Cassie gets five stars. <laughs> yeah. I loved her in this book. Um, I liked all of her inner dialogue. I liked her her doubts and her fears and the fact that she just like shut it all down and just focused on the mission and fucking killed it once again. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was so great. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm going to give her five stars. I, I liked all of the same things and I loved the like character depth that we got into across the board. Like it wasn't always Cassie just finding like her inner strength or anything like that, which would have been kind of lame, even though that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. It, it was about so much more, and that fucking morph sequence was just incredible. I actually thought that... So, okay, my predictions, which I've already kind of mentioned, but I predicted that mm-hmm. Aldrea was going to want to stay in Cassie's body, and they were going to fight for control for a bit, and she was going to go rogue or whatever. And mm-hmm. I thought for a minute that Cassie's love for Jake was going to remind Aldrea of her love for Dax and convince her to give up Cassie's body. <laughs> Which I'm kind of glad it didn't go that way. Um, yeah. Because I think that might have been a little, I don't know, cliche. Or, Lame. Yeah. And we already kind of did the whole, like, love will conquer all thing with the Howler book and Jake and Cassie, so... Now that you say that, I fucking love that the Love Will Conquer All book was from Jake's male perspective and not from Cassie. Yeah. Because I feel like... That's awesome. Cassie is more outspoken about her feelings for Jake. And, like, when we get into her book, she's always mentioning, like, oh, I really like Jake. And we only get that Mm -hmm. some of the time in Jake's book. Yeah. I feel like... Maybe that's not true. I Don't hold me to that, but... No, I, I... I get that sense as well. Without having a works cited page, I think that's great. <laughs> get your works cited in order. God. I just Google how does MLA format work. Oh god. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I agree with giving Cassie five stars. The only thing I'm a little disappointed in was it seemed like such a watershed moment when she had that. Aldrea has a real body now and a real life and like even though it's weird it is some form of life and that just kind of went by the wayside almost because Aldrea decided like oh this is over and Cassie's like well I'm too tired to have this yeah like they touched on certain aspects of Cassie that we've seen before and have you know gone into more development on like Mm -hmm. like her feelings about a bunch of Yerks getting killed like they touched on that but we didn't really get all of that. And again, like you said, um, the whole like, oh, do I have to kill Aldrea? And then it just kind of resolved itself. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, maybe they didn't need to get into those things. Maybe they were just quick call outs to, like, this is what Cassie was feeling in the moment. But I feel like they shouldn't have built it up then yeah, so much. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I can get over it. 
I mean, I'm still going to give her five stars. And feel slightly guilty for knocking her for the past two books because of her behavior in the Rachel book. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody betray me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that opening mission was so good where they're sneaking in to get the paper, the Cassie Loves Jake paper. That was really good. I miss miss the the shenanigans that they used to get into in the first chapters of the earlier books. It was nice to have that little callback. It was. <sighs> was still don't know why the house was haunted. Oh, you know, I, I also know. just speaking of um, Cassie and Rachel, I also mm-hmm. thought that like Rachel seemed very approving of Aldrea throughout the book. Um, mm-hmm. and I kind of thought they were they were gonna touch more on like Rachel being like, oh hey, maybe Aldrea should like hang out with you, Cassie, in your body like for all time or something. I don't know, but maybe not considering her last book but like yeah i don't know i feel like rachel didn't seem as outwardly concerned about cassie and aldrea sharing a body as as i would have expected maybe like axe was the one who was like get the fuck out of cassie you bitch but i i don't know although rachel made multiple like probably more than anybody else throughout the book rachel kept throwing those one-off comments like don't forget you're going back into the to the bottle and like oh. don't forget we need like she did like i can remember three or four oh. instances of rachel making those comments like just a single throwaway line at the end of like a dialogue oh. rachel would be like you're not in there for long though oh my god that's so subtle i i didn't even realize that oh we to look out for your bestie rachel she i think she did i thought rachel did look out for for cassie not like super overtly the whole yeah. book but i think she was there like watching and and yeah, just trying just to protect playing her. it cool i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> which is fine, <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> uh so what did you think of jake hmm i don't know i was troubled by the the shooting the andalite thing um Especially since he and Axe have recently had a scene where Axe has been like, absolutely not, I won't do this. And Jake kind of says, well, too bad, I'm the leader. Um, I, yeah. I don't like that. Um, but apart from that, I liked his kind of leadership aspects. I liked his quick thinking. Um, like, they came up with that that plan to kill all the other uh, Yerk ships really quickly. Like, almost too quickly mm-hmm. to believe i think but i mean it worked out um well what i liked about that scene was how like that was really jake marco and tobias kind of like spitballing really quickly to each other yeah. like what they were gonna do yeah. so i i really liked that sort of relationship that the three of them had in that moment sure. but yeah it was it came up very quickly <laughs> but maybe they they've played enough like video games as young boys were wont to do in that time <laughs> yeah and they were all like oh yeah if you totally do this thing i did this thing in the video game once and you like you shoot this way and then it yeah <laughs> etc well that was all tobias that was tobias like here's how flying works you can totally angle and do this and blah 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 yes. like i liked that a lot <sighs> even though it's probably not true but whatever it's fine none of these books are true this is sci-fi 
Oh my god, fucking Marco made some comment about Star Wars The Phantom Menace and how Oh awesome my god, I totally forgot to mention and that. Like, and it's so bad. Like, oh, Marco thinks that was a good movie. Oh, Marco <laughs> did think that was oh. oh my god. I totally meant to bring that oh. up. Yeah, he The Phantom Menace was so bad, Marco. Oh god. It was so bad. I like the music though. That's good music. Okay, well, John yeah, Williams. the music is incredible. Excellent job. Did I ever tell you I got a speeding ticket to that once? Really? I put on the lightsaber fight music from The Phantom Menace, and I was, like, getting so into it, and then the next thing I knew I got pulled over because I was speeding because I was getting so into the music. Oh, my God. That's kind of amazing. It was amazing slash terrible. I did only get a warning, though, because it was, like, two days before Christmas, and I think the cop was feeling a little generous. A little jolly. A little jolly. He was <laughs> like, I won't I won't stick it to you for driving, like, 50 in a 35 today. Oh, <laughs> I, um, I saw Mad Max Fury Road for, like, the fourth time when it came out. And I was mm-hmm. driving home, and I was maybe doing like five above the speed limit, but I was like, no, 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 feeling so freaking badass. I'm like, I'm going 25 miles an hour instead of 20, bitches. That's amazing. Witness me. So witness me. Reminded me that. Anyway, that was. Oh, that's hilarious. That's a that's a good song to get hyped to. Yeah, these are all very good songs to get hyped to. John Williams is goddamn maniac. Anyway, Jake. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Jake. Um, I don't know. 3.5. I was going to go higher. I was going to give him a 4. I'll still give him a 4. I feel, <laughs> I feel why personally not? victimized on Axe's behalf, so that's why I docked him. Okay. I... um. I, too, am concerned about the same things you mentioned, like, how ruthless he's getting. Mm-hmm. But I really, like, as much as I was concerned and I felt really badly in that scene, it felt like the old Jake coming back when he goes, no, nah, we're not going to let that happen. And then does, like, the crazy reckless thing just because he wants to save the end. Yeah, that's true. So I liked that a lot. It's like, I also liked his leadership moments yeah. where he had to be knocked down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there were a couple moments of that that were really good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to say, like, don't kill the Andalites. Remember, you need them to help you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it would have been interesting to have that Andalite come back in the future. I don't know if it does. Um, I mean, I don't think there would be any way to know because, like, they didn't yeah. see each other. Yeah, but, like... If, if they had killed the Andalite and then down the road they meet up with some Andalites and they were like, yes, blah, blah, blah. He was doing a, you know, a mission over at the Horkbajir planet and then they realize, oh, we mm. killed him. Oh, no. And there was angst. Oh, that would have. Yeah. Or if somehow, like, they blow up the ship and they, like, see his body floating in space and Axe realizes it's, like, the guy that trained him when he was oh. first in the Academy or something. Ouch. Yeah, that would have been rough. This is for our HBO series. <laughs> yeah, this is going in the HBO series for sure. Ugh. Okay, so you give oh, Jake man. a four? Yeah, I'm giving him a cool. four. Uh, so now we go to Rachel. Well, pretty much already talked about Rachel. Um, she wasn't in this a whole lot, though. She wasn't. 
But when she was, she was very good. (laughs) (laughs) So I take it you're going to give her a five. Of course I'm giving her a five. (laughs) Well, I will give her a four just because she wasn't really in it, but she was great. That's okay. That's fair. I, I mean, the parts where she was in it heavily were the mission to get the paperback and she mocked Cassie mercilessly (laughs) afterwards, which I very much appreciated. That's what friends are for. Um, that's what friends are for to kick you when you're down. (laughs) And (laughs) then, um, I, I liked a lot of her humor and like her really like harsh witticisms throughout it i thought she was really sharp in this book and like really good and i appreciated that so it's such a it's such a whiplash from last book though where i felt like she was hyper serious and very very scared for i feel like that totally like it's so good though because the last book was tobias and it was tobias going into this mission where they like were pretty sure he might die and like the extent of the torture and everything, like, Rachel knew that whatever he was going into was really bad. She told, like, she told him to abandon the mission yeah. if things went south. So I feel like that was such an appropriate Rachel to have. And then now Cassie's doing this, and it's kind of a more light, not, like, super lighthearted, but, like, yeah. it's a more upbeat mission. Like, it's not as dire. And I think it was really appropriate that with her friend, okay. she was, like, funnier. Like, I liked that because it was... This huge, it's again like fleshing out those actual characters that we know and love. That's true. And like, you know, they had essentially gained another ally in Aldrea and they were going to Mm -hmm. a mission that they all could participate in pretty much equally. And yeah, that's a really good point, actually. As opposed to just like sending Tobias in to possibly die. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it just lends to them being these fleshed out characters that have multiple sides too and multiple um relationships with people that are very different yeah so So good i really liked it it's i it's so good me too (laughs) we should start a podcast about them (laughs) whoa where am i what's happening for years (laughs) Uh, so let's talk about Tobias. How much do you like Tobias in this book? I mean, he's great. Oh, there was one moment where I think Aldrea and Axe were arguing about if she were Andalite or Horkbajir, and Tobias starts to say something to her, and that's when Jake is like, okay, everyone shut the fuck up. And I really Mm -hmm. wonder what he was about to say. Yeah, like, what... Like, whatever he would have contributed to that conversation, I feel like it probably would have been a message of, like, I understand that you can be both, or, like, maybe, like, oh, well, you know, if this is the body that you are born to be in, then that's what you are, or something like that. Like, yeah. I wonder if it would have been, like, on Axe's side, on her side, on, like, giving his own perspective of having that duality, yeah. or, like, what? I really wanted to know what that would have been really... I mean, oh. I could see why they didn't, like get into that necessarily but i want to know for me yeah that's interesting i wonder what he was gonna say i feel like um he had a few moments too that he shut shit down in this book like especially in relation to the hork where he's like the hork will decide this yeah. or like he he was like he really wasn't in this book a whole lot it was kind of like 
even less than Rachel, maybe, but the points where he was in it were pretty good. Yeah. All right, what are you giving him? Uh, I guess I'll give him a four. I'm going to give him a four, too. Uh, what about X? Oh, I didn't like X being racist. That's not cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like that he, he came around in the end. Um, yeah. Um, I like that he was looking out for Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very involved in this book. I felt bad for him because of the whole Andalite thing. Yeah, I was just thinking about that again. And I I want to revisit something I said about Jake in that moment. Because I just kind of realized what kind of leadership it was. For when Axe said, no, I'm not going to like shoot my own people who's just doing his job. I do like that in that moment, Jake didn't double down and say, I'm your prince, I order you to do this. He said, step aside, we'll get somebody who can do that. Oh. That's interesting. But we're not talking about Jake, we're talking about Axe. So. <laughs> no, that's that's a good thing to, to bring up. Because, yeah, that's, oh. Again, this isn't Axe, but um, I, f- I don't quite recall why Jake decided to help the Andalite in the end. Like, was that his own guilt kind of coming through and being like, actually, I made a choice that made me sick. I'm going to rescind on that. Or if it was Axe's pleading that got through to him. Like, I don't know. I feel like it was totally because the Andalite survived and they weren't going to let the Yerks kill him because of something they did. Like, yeah, if he had to die because it was to save his team, that's an acceptable loss. But if it's a loss because the Yerks kill an innocent Andalite because of something they did and caused, sure. that's not acceptable. I gotcha. Like, I feel like that was the line. Mm-hmm. So anyways, what about Axe? <laughs> whoops oh boy um i don't i don't like that that he was so dismissive of aldrea like i really don't like that um but i like that he was suspicious of her but Mm -hmm. like he didn't need to bring the whole like identity thing into it like be suspicious of her because of her actions not because she is not what she should be but Yes, they say a lot of it was because she chose to be a hork but also she is Ciro's daughter. And Okay, so you think it was more... Like, I think it's a mix of everything. Like, I think if we're looking for Andalites that are racist, it's all of them, except for, like, Axe and Elfangor for the most part. Like, they're, they're not infallible as characters. <laughs> they're, they're slightly less racist. Right. Well, they're the most accepting. Like, if you're looking for accepting Andalites, those are the two that you're looking at. So Well, and, and Ciro, too, probably, to some extent, right? Right, right. But Ciro is such, like, he's so slandered in Andalite culture. Like, her whole family is so... Like, everything about them that they learn is negative. So up until the point where Axe left the Andalite society, every input of Ciro and Andrea is all negative. So he has to overcome all of that learning from when he was younger. And yeah, yeah, part of it's that she chose to be Horkbizer, for sure. That's like, the Andalites are like, well, you know, we're the best species. Why would anybody be anything else? That's stupid. She's stupid. But like, there's a whole other backstory to that, too. Okay. 
I don't know. I just think it's a lot more. Like, it's not cool at the fuck all, but there's more to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will dock him a half point for being a racist. (laughs) (laughs) So is that a 4.5 then? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I'll give him... No, I'm going to give him a three and a half, I think. Oh, dude. Because I don't feel negatively about him or, like... I mean, I still feel... I'd still say my... If my needle is, like, negative to positive, I'm still leaning towards positive, but not a ton. So, like, 3.5 will be good. I mean, like, all things considered, even apart from the problematic stuff that he said, like, not... Not my favorite acts, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, he just wasn't, like in a lot of the book he didn't like add a lot to the scenes even when he was in them he wasn't doing much like he was more the action guy like taking the controls and doing the stuff that everybody else wanted like yeah. Jake ordered him like he was in there but it wasn't on his own merit yeah. I think for the most part sure but he did have that arc at the end where he learned his lesson and accepted Aldrea for what she was which is good. Which is good. Learning is good. Growth is good. So 3.5 for me. And that was just such a simple and lovely way to acknowledge somebody. Yeah. Like, it, he, he didn't have to launch into this whole, like, monologue about, like, I realize now I was wrong and blah, 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 blah. He was just like, yeah, what's up, sister? Hard yeah. It's, oh, it's just so good. Anyway. Yeah, I love it. Anyway. That. Marco. Marco. Marco Polo. Marco. <sighs> yeah, that's a, that's all I have to say about that, pretty much. <laughs> Just Marco. Like, I don't know. He made some good jokes. Uh, he made some bad jokes. He made some terrible jokes. There he made that... some real stinkers. Yeah, there was that one where they were rolling around in the ship and he rolled on top of Cass and he's like, don't tell Jake, I know he gets jealous. And I was like, really? Not the time. Yeah. Not the time for this, you little bastard. Yeah. And I mean, I think it wouldn't be a Marco joke if he didn't say anything, but he did. Okay. I will hear some redeeming qualities. When Cassie <laughs> was learning to, to, or Aldrea was learning to talk through Cassie's mouth, there was the point where Cassie's like, oh, I thought he would mock me because at one point she like spit a bunch because she was trying to like work some muscles that she couldn't do. Good, and she's like, yeah. I thought Marco was going to say, say it, don't spray it. But he just stood there quietly and did not mock her while she was learning. This is really stretching. Like, this is how little Marco is in this book. We are really grasping here. He's not as awful as he could have been. He's he's not as shitty as he normally is. Oh, no. Oh, That's God. mean, because normally I really appreciate Marco, and I love his cynicism. I, I love how, fa- like, quick on the draw he is. Oh. Yes. Like, I love Marco as a character. Yeah. He's not my favorite just because he has those things that irritate me personally. Mm-hmm. But he, he is an extremely, like, well-rounded character. He's um, the hardest to look back on with 2019 eyes, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Three for me. Yeah, middle of the road. Just kind of there. Yeah. I I guess we'll wrap it up, huh? Cool. We're... Where can they find us? They can find us at Gmail at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or 
on Facebook where we publicly air our mistakes at the <laughs> Animorphs Anonymous page or our super secret, super awesome group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. Um, I post pictures on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous, and that's also where I find out that people listen to us for cleaning now. So thank you. Wee. Thank you, cleaning fan. Thank um, you. And then we are on Twitter at Animorphs Anon. Uh, our podcast can be found on all of your favorite podcast hosting sites, uh, such as Google Play, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Podcast Republic, Spotify, uh, maybe iTunes. Someday it will go away. Uh, tell me about your comic book. Uh, I write and draw a web comic. It is called Beside You. Uh, you can find that at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U comic.com. I love it. I do too. All right. Well, allow me to, um, make a, a prophecy for you. And it is that we will return in two weeks to talk about the proposal. But for tonight, we shall leave. <gasps> Wait, like a wedding proposal? Who knows? Oh, no. All right, bye. Okay, bye.